Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Feeling excited this morning. Yeah? Yeah. Why is that? I don't know. I just have that energy, that nice. positive energy. It's always you got to take it while you can get it. Listen, I heard that. I'm not mad at it. And I'm excited because we have a lot of exciting things on deck today. We have a jam-packed show. Christine Coleman. Well, oh, shoot. Nice work. <laughs> I don't want to say. Her name's Christine. Her name is Christine. And she is uh, going to be the recipient of the Endless Pasta Pass that we purchased for her. And so I'm excited that she's going to be coming in studio. I'm excited to talk about... Um, the what what the most annoying cell phone user is because this is something I was thinking about. There was somebody who did something to me over the weekend that I was like, this has got to be the most annoying person that has a cell phone in their hand. But <laughs> we can figure that out a little later. Right. And then, you know, we were talking about uh, with the morning show when we were doing our crosstalk, we were talking about um, how Michaela never gets sick of being jealous. Right. And there was something that made me not not jealous but it made i get i get sick sometimes going out to bars i went out to bars this past weekend and i was bar hopping and you know they're they're going to vegas this weekend they're going to be partying a lot they're going to be going to different bars and for me i get so sick of that and when we were bar hopping over the weekend i was thinking to myself man you know what i don't know if this has ever happened to you where you think to yourself i'm so happy that i'm gay um yeah i mean I think that straight people uh, communicate in a way that's very different. Um, I think men are always trying so hard to figure women out, and women are trying so hard to figure out men. And I feel like that's something that is a little bit different with gays, um, because ultimately, like, it's people trying to figure out another person. You know yeah. what I mean? But I, I, I am grateful for being gay. I don't think I'd want to be straight. No, because I was... No shade my, straights in the room. No, but I think that dating at bars is a really really tough world to navigate yeah. especially for like the point that you're making about how men are always trying to understand women and vice versa but I saw a friend of mine who I mean it was celebrating her birthday and she is single and in the dating world and uh, she was pretty sauced it was like the end of the night and she was checking I out I sauced <laughs> she was at the bar she was cashing out her card and this dude walked up and I, I was walking out of the bar already and I saw him walk up to her and I was like, okay. And I kind of walked out and I looked back and he like already had his hand on her ass oh and was like God. talking to her and was trying. And she's obviously like wasted. Yeah. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, why do you, why, why? And then I'm thinking, I'm so glad I don't have to deal with that. But I mean, I guess every woman deals with things like that, no matter what your sexual orientation is, but to also be trying to pursue men and actually date men yeah. in that space to constantly have to deal with gross people like that to try and sift through and yeah. figure out where they're where are the non-a-holes I, I often think I'm glad that I'm not straight and then I also am really grateful to not be a woman because like if I had a period every month I'd be a monster I'd be a terrorist mm -hmm. if I uh, had to worry about getting pregnant I like having to take birth control or something like that. See, at least that's something I don't have to worry about. That's something you don't have to worry about. And like, I never have to worry about a girl coming up and being like, um, this is your baby. And I'd yeah. be like, excuse me. <laughs> like, that's just something I never have to think about. Um, I mean, mind you, gays have their own things that, that we're at higher risk for or whatever. But like, I, I think about that often, um, uh, about the, the being grateful for have, to having to deal with this mess. Well, because th my friend also, when I told her, like, I, when she eventually left the bar, I was like, ugh, that guy was so gross. And she was like, ugh, I know. Like, like she's, so she's used, used to, it. to yeah. it. And that's what 
bothers me the most about it, I think, is that we all feel like we're so used to it. And then it's just something we have to deal with as part of dating, yeah. as part of women dating men is like, oh, yeah, you know, that happens. There was another instance at that same bar when a guy was walking by and my other male friend saw it. and He was pissed. This guy was walking by, uh, you know, walking by the bar stools and he did this whole like, oh, no, I tripped. And then, like, kind of put his hand, like, into this girl's crotch. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then he continued walking to his girlfriend, who he then, like, put his arms around and was like, la, 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 la. And I was sitting with my friend, my guy friend, and he was like, this makes me so angry. And he was like, I can't understand how men are like this and how they continue to be like this. And how women, again, are used to that. Or they're like, okay, that that just happened. That happens all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like uh, I remember, I think I talked about this on the show before, but I remember, you know, 10 years ago or something, I was in like really good shape. And I worked, uh, I was a part of this uh, gay networking group or whatever. And like, there was always like a gay man putting his hands on my body like see yeah i was gonna ask you if that happens and it's it's a part of gay culture for sure like putting your hand on my back or putting your hand on my stomach or like putting your hand on my arms and like it's like why are you touching me and like why do you need to go right to touch it exactly it's it makes me it made me feel uncomfortable and i think that it's probably has something to do with why i've been like reluctant to work out again um i I think like subconsciously something for my therapist to deal with um well that's why curves (laughs) exist there you go (laughs) Women can just get on an elliptical without being objectified. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Chelsea Handler has a new documentary out. We both saw it and we have feelings. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right. Allie and Jarrett here with you on the new Channel Q. And you can follow us at DTS Show at your leisure. On Twitter and Instagram. At your leisure. At your leisure. If it fits in with your schedule. Allie, we're almost not new anymore. We're <laughs> almost there. <laughs> th- oh, yeah, because we're almost at our one year we're anniversary. almost at the one year. I'm going to go ahead. We should take bets. I think it'll go another year. Uh, no, being, of being new? Uh, new, yeah. Okay, we'll see. <laughs> you might be probably what right. What do you think? Over yeah. under? Do you think it's going to be under a year? I, I, I would say 18 months, okay. maybe. <laughs> You're going over? A solid year and a half. (laughs) Okay. We both watched a doc last night by the name of Hello Privilege, It's Me, Chelsea. This is Chelsea Handler's new documentary on Netflix, and it is about white privilege. You and I both watched it. You and I both have thoughts. And what, what did you think of this in general? And then we can kind of break down some of the other angles of it. So generally speaking, I think more white people need to be discussing white privilege. I think um, I I say this about a lot of different things like conversations about racism are not for black people, right? Or black and brown people. They're for white people to understand. Conversations about sexism are not for women. Like men need to get sexism. Homophobia, not for gay people. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Conversations about white privilege really need to be had for and by white people to be able to check themselves. So I think that Chelsea Handler doing this is great. I just didn't think it was done well. I didn't think it was effective. I See, yeah, I think that when I was watching it, I was thinking this is really important for white people to watch. Sure. And I think it's important that she and she acknowledges in the documentary. Yes, I have white privilege and it is my privilege to even be able to do this documentary, sure. which she was confronted with in the documentary. Like the fact that you're even here 
at this thing yeah. talking to us is your white privilege showing itself. But that being said, at least she's doing it. It's, yeah. I think it's good that she's doing it because it came from a place of wanting to learn. And I think that I do get that from her. She did a series... Um, I think this was a year or two. No, maybe it was a couple of years ago uh, in her new book. And she talks about it on her podcast where she has open therapy sessions talking about how how she had so much anger and so such a strong reaction when Donald Trump got <clears throat> got elected. elected. Yeah. She had a really, really hard time with that. And she spent the last uh, book and the last and her podcast kind of eager to learn and to be better. And her show on Netflix as well. Chelsea, yeah, yeah, so I think that knowing that and knowing that she's coming from a place of trying to be a better person and trying to know more sure. instead of coming from this place of like ignorance and insult, which has kind of been her MO from the beginning, I do think that the reason she's doing this is important. But I did... The, what I got out of it, as me watching personally, I got the most out of when she was talking to other white people. Mm-hmm. Because I was like, wow, these are like... I didn't realize that there were so many white people that don't even think white privilege exists. Oh, my God. I would say more think it it doesn't exist than think it does. Right. And I was like, wow, this is really important yeah. that these conversations are happening. And I hate to say it, but I think there are a lot of people out there who will watch this documentary because Chelsea Handler did it. And if Absolutely. a person of color did it, they wouldn't watch it. Absolutely. So I think that more people, more white people will be watching this, which, I mean, the reasons for that are lame but it's still a good thing for white people to be watching it well i don't think there's a better use of your white privilege than unpacking your white privilege right so i think uh, i think chelsea's conversation around this has actually been really great and i i would say to her because i know she listens to the show she loves our show hi chelsea um i i would say to her like keep doing what you're doing i when i say like i don't think it was done well i felt like there wasn't enough unpacking of like of what white privilege is, where it comes from, how it you know shows up and presents itself. But I also feel like maybe she's doing more other things, and like I, I appreciate that. I think that um, she's been really outspoken about like I've my eyes were opened in a way that I didn't see coming when Donald Trump was elected, and I think that's uh, that's really real. I think a lot of people. Um, were really impacted when the election happened and you know it, it changed a lot of things for a lot of folks so I think people like her are going to continue to have to figure out like what do they do with with um, the new perspective that they have and I, I love that she's doing it and having this conversation um, but like yeah uh, to your point about how many people don't believe white privilege is a thing I dated a white man uh, years ago and I was talking to him about you know white privilege and he was like well I grew up poor so how do I have white privilege and it was like it's not about your socioeconomic status right well, and there are different privileges exactly so it's like that one of the one of the parts she went to kind of a quote-unquote white trashy place yeah. that she talks to quote-unquote white trashy white guys and they are talking about like oh yeah you know I would be more in trouble with the law than this other person who had money but that's a different privilege yeah. right so there could be somebody who grew a white person who grew up in a really poor neighborhood who doesn't have a lot of money and then there could be a black family that has a ton of money and has sure. you know Ivy League schools under their bed like that kind of thing so there that but that's a different privilege that's not a white privilege because white privilege will always supersede any other privilege right there's a a privilege that comes along with being male there's a privilege that comes with being female there's a privilege that comes along with a lot of different things but like white privilege will always supersede every other kind of privilege because if if, for instance um in the documentary they talk about if you are a college educated black man the average uh your average income is still less than a a white man who didn't go to college right so like a white man who didn't go to college still stands to make more money 
than a black man who did go to college. But what about the difference between a black man or a man of color getting a job and getting paid as much as a woman? Say that one more time. If a man got at the same job as a woman, regardless sure. of race, what would the difference be there? Would a man be then? Then would his male status be getting him more money than a woman? Well, so there's a there's it's like a scale. So like black people make less money inherently because of their blackness, right? But like a black man might make more than a black woman, but maybe not as much as a, a white woman. I'm not exactly sure where the statistics is. The statistics break down yeah, I, no, or gender and race. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But like, I'm curious if like a black man got the same job as a white woman, if the man would be making more than the woman. Yeah, there's a there's a scale for that and like black women are, are lower no, on yeah, the scale and for sure. Latina women and native women are at the very bottom of that scale so we gotta take a quick break when we come back do millennials care more about patriotism care less about patriotism religion and family all that's next drop the subject we'll be right back the new channel Q drop the subject the new channel Q alright Allie and Jared here with you and we're discussing Chelsea Handler's new documentary Hello, Privilege, It's Me, Chelsea. And I think there's a little bit more that I, I know personally I'd like to cover because when I was watching this, like I said before, when I was hearing her talk to other white people, especially conservatives and people who didn't believe in white privilege, I was thinking, I was feeling like, oh, okay, I I, I feel like I at least know, I'm not as ignorant as some people, mm-hmm. right? Like I, I'm not as much in a bubble as others. But then... Also seeing that somebody like Chelsea Handler has so much to learn, and yes, she's a person who has a lot of privilege just because of her celebrity status too, but thinking like, wow, me as somebody who I feel knows more than others, I still have a lot to learn. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an important thing for people to take away, for, for white people to take away from this documentary, is that even though you some people claim to be quote unquote woke. There's still it's progress and it's a part of a learning experience that continues on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I it's something that's ever growing and changing, and um, I think it's something that you have to continue to unpack because there's not like one you know documentary that's going to cover it all. And I and again I want to say to Chelsea like because she's listening um, that Chelsea. like it's it, it's it's valuable work to be doing. I think that it just needs to continue being done because. We need white people talking to white people about this. There's a statistic from a few years ago that there are um, that white people think there is more uh, that reverse racism is a bigger problem than actual racism. And I'm not sure like how that is even possible. Right. Reverse racism isn't a thing. We talked about like yeah, we've talked about how that. racism right. works. So um, you were asking a little bit ago about um, how gender pay works for, between race and then ethnicity. I mean, with race and then gender. Yes. Um and so I've pulled up this data, and I'm, I'm kind of working through it, but um, there there does seem to be some kind of disparity um, when it comes to being male versus being female. Um, there's a Pew Research study that came out that actually shows Asian men make more than white men, um, which is kind of cool for them, yeah. I guess. Um, but it shows that being a, a black man, you make 73% of what a white man does. Um, being a Hispanic man, you make 69% of what a white man does. <clears throat> And that if you're a black woman, you make 65% of what a, a, a white man makes as opposed to um, 58% uh, if you're Hispanic. So, like, there is there is there is like a, a ladder, if you will, mm-hmm. of, of that we are all still, you know, trying to climb. And also, it, this is uh, demonstrated with unemployment. 
black unemployment is always, you know, much higher than it is for white folks. And Latino unemployment is a different thing as well. Um, and like Donald Trump loves to talk about black unemployment being the lowest it's ever been. I'm so great for the blacks, which always makes me cringe. But like that doesn't take into account like black homeownership is the lower it's ever the lowest it's ever been in recorded history. So it's like uh, that has something to do with wages and how much people are earning. So like privilege takes on many different faces, right? It's not just about how much money you make. It's about the things that you can do with that money. It's about the places that you can live. It's about the places your kids can go to school. It's about, you know, how you get treated in a store. It's Oprah Winfrey went to Hermes and they wouldn't let her in because she was a black woman and they didn't recognize her in, in oh another country. God. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess I just, I feel like there it, it does get so... There's just so many layers to it because from my personal experience, yes, of course, I don't I kn- I have gotten more opportunities because of my white privilege, but I also feel like I've had to work harder as a woman to get jobs. Sure. So and I also so pair that with being a woman and being black. Yeah. Right. And so, I mean, I try to think about the things that make me angry about having people judge me based on being gay or being a woman and to imagine how much more heightened that is for black people. And I also say black people because I think that the conversation between white people and black people in the, in America is what like, because I was watching that documentary and being like, wow, we're talking about white privilege and we're mainly only talking to black people about this rather than other people of color in this documentary. Mm -hmm. But then you think about the history of this country and the reason why that is the relationship that's the most spotlighted is because of slavery, like because of our history as a nation. Yeah. I grew up in an area that was very diverse. We both grew up in the Bay area. Yeah. yeah. Like there, I went to school with a, a lot of Asian people and a lot of Indian people and I was quote unquote in a diverse area but I didn't grow up around a lot of black people Mm -hmm. and a lot of the Asian people and the Indian people that I knew were a lot more wealthy than my family was I went to a school where there were a lot of really wealthy people and there were a lot of wealthy people of color but the black experience is very different than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. it's interesting because you can look at a, a wealthy black family and see that that black family in their neighborhood gets treated, you know, really poorly because there are the black people there, right? right. Um, that was kind of like the whole uh, premise of the Jeffersons is like moving on up into this building and you're like, you're the black people amongst white people. Um, Dear white people is kind of focusing on that too. It's like, yeah, you can have like the privilege of wealth, but the, the privilege um, of whiteness is always going to supersede that um and or or the the disadvantage of being blackness is always going to supersede your your privilege so um we've got more to talk about we're out of time uh, emmy's playing music so that means we've got to go yes i know we must move on but we have to talk about how millennials are caring less about patriotism possibly and caring less about family maybe they're just losing their souls i i actually think this is i completely get this and i'll, I'll explain why i feel like i totally understand why this is uh, that's coming up next drop the subject we'll be right back the new channel q Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Did we? Okay, I have to go back on the air. I'll see you soon, Pat. Welcome back to Drop the Subject. I'm Jarrett. That's Allie. We are um, getting into a new story uh, that Allie's been uh, talking about for a couple of days. This headline that says millennials... <laughs> I've been droning on you've about been this like, for days. Oh my God, we got to talk about millennials this. Millennials are killing patriotism. <laughs> millennials that uh, care less about patriotism, religion, and even family. Before we get into this... 
here are 12 things that millennials have supposedly killed, other than patriotism and <laughs> oh, family and God. religion. I hate these articles. I always see them like on Business Wire, what, not Business Wire, uh, Business Insider, and I'm always like, millennials aren't killing anything. Things were just crap. You're wrong, Jared. Uh-oh. They're killing raisins. Raisins? They're, they're killing golf. They're killing motorcycles. Canned tuna. Beer. American cheese. Gyms. Cable. We know that one. Gyms? Yeah, gyms. I don't know. Maybe it's people are like hiking and taking Instagram pictures or something. I don't know. That's only in LA. (laughs) Luxury goods, department stores, casual dining, and cereal. So luxury goods is an interesting thing. There was a headline that was talking about the possibility of another um, uh, recession coming. And the headline said, can millennials uh, can millennials like survive, survive another recession? Because millennials were the, I know for myself, coming out of college was right as the recession hit and like that had a major impact on a lot of people. And so uh, this story that's talking about, you know, millennials care less about patriotism and religion uh, and family I can relate to that fully. I, I for me, patriotism. I, whenever I hear patriotism, I immediately think of white, like white Americans that think about patriotism. Um, and it says uh, this this piece from the Wall Street Journal says the values that Americans say define the national character are changing as younger generations rate patriotism, religion, and having children as less important to them than did young people two decades ago. Yeah, uh, this is like according to a poll that was conducted over twenty one years. So they said that the the, the results, some of the results, found that a majority of Americans said that principles of hard work, patriotism, commitment to religion, and the goal of having children were the most important to them. That was 21 years ago. Today, hard work remains at the top of the list, but the shares of Americans listing the other three values have fallen substantially. Well, I know for myself, uh, and I, I don't want to speak for the whole generation, but if I had to, I would say that the ideals, uh, the ideas of patriotism and religion specifically, I've lived my entire life hearing people talk to me about how our government is broken, this system is broken, that system is broken. I've lived my entire life watching religion and specifically like the church um, cover up child molestation and be greedy and, you know, disparage me as a, as a, as a gay man. And like the idea of religion for me is something that I'm, I, I'm almost completely removed from. Whereas the idea of faith and spirituality, I can rock with. Well, that's, that's, I was actually having a discussion with another friend about this recently about spirituality and how it has grown in popularity because there's such a negative stigma around most religions now. Yeah. Because especially these are a lot of the people who are spiritual or have that kind of universal sort of those values of like, oh, it's all about the universe and things like that. They're kind of like ex-Catholics or ex-Christians yeah. or people that have left a religion or the religion they feel has failed them. So they feel like, oh, well, this is the thing. I know that's true for me. Absolutely. I'm like, well, spirituality is something that it's n- it doesn't necessarily have the hard, fast rules that Catholicism has or Christianity has. But I definitely noticed, too, around Fourth of July, and I've noticed this. It wasn't just this year. It's been in years past, but more recently, I've seen people with American flags being like, yeah, and like, you know, the American flag swimsuits. And I'm mm-hmm. like, this feels gross to me. And, yeah. it, and it's weird that it feels gross because that's patriotism. That's being proud of your country. But it also, for some reason, now has this 
negative connotation well because i know as a as a black person like the ideals of america have never felt realized right like the idea of being equal the idea of being included the idea of being a part of um what it is to be american like the american dream has always been something about whiteness um being all american right has always been being blonde and white tainted exactly so um uh, speaking of tainted (laughs) news that are losing headlines (laughs) that's coming up next drop the subject we'll be right back the new channel q Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject presents. News it or lose it. All right, Jared, I've got five headlines in front of me. and You've got a bell. I've got it. We're ready. Let's Here's do it. News that are lose at headline selection. Headline number one. 98-year-old man says, I'm going to do it till I'm 100. But what is it? <laughs> Whatever it is, I hope he had. I hope he's had a good time. Let's news it. Okay, headline number two. This just in: Aaron Carter is crazy. Well, that's not new news. Lose it. Okay. Headline number three. Here are some bizarre slang words from other U.S. states. Uh, news it. Okay. Headline number four. Pull up a chair. Oh no, I don't need to. I'm wearing one. Wearable chair. Uh, lose it. Okay. And then finally, Kate Middleton admits she can't believe George is six. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, is there more to that story? Nope. Um, we do love the royals around here, though. Uh, lose it. Okay. So we're going to news. Allie, this is one of your worst showings. I know. Well, I didn't think that you would news Kate Middleton. I would be surprised if, I mean, the fact that Kate Middleton admitting she can't believe Georgia 6 is a headline is ridiculous. There you go. Okay, so we're going to That I'll agree with. The, nine, ding, 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 <laughs> the 98-year-old man who says, I'm going to do it till I'm 100. But what is it? And some bizarre slang words from other U.S. states. All that's coming up. Don't go anywhere. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Welcome back to Drop the Subject. I'm Jared Hill. That's Allie Johnson. We are in the middle of something that's really important around here. A, really loud headphones, Jesus. Um, And B, news it or lose it. Drop the Subject presents News It or Lose It. I love the falsetto humming. All right. Let's start with a 98-year-old man who says, I'm going to do it till I'm 100. Now, I'm not talking about sex. What do you think this man by the name of Tom Rice is speaking about? Um, If he's planning on, like, stopping it. Maybe it's, like, work. Maybe he's retiring. Like, maybe he has a job that he really likes and he's just kept oh, doing it. like it's a sweet story of, like, an old mailman. Yeah. He's like, I'll just keep doing it. They're like, he hasn't missed a sick day in 20-something years or whatever. Okay, so I'm guessing it's not that because you were like, oh, that's what you mean? Yeah. No, it's parachuting. Oh. So, this guy, he was uh, one of the guys who parachuted into Normandy on D-Day. What? In 1944. And apparently he got kind of a rush from it because he has been obsessed with parachuting ever since. And now he's 98 years old. He still does it. And he says he will never stop. Or at least he's going to stop when he's 100. Uh, Let's see. He described the jump as perfect and said, I'm going to do this till I'm 100. Hundreds of other parachutists also sailed over the Netherlands on on, um, 
D-Day to, oh, and they did this again for the 75th anniversary, I guess, recently. And uh, strategists hoped that the assault would clear a path forward for not, okay, we all know what happened in World War II. <laughs> and uh, I guess it's just something that he loves doing. Have you ever jumped out of a plane and would you ever do that? It's something I continually say that I'm going to do eventually, but like have no interest in doing in the near future. So I did it because... You did it? Yes, I have done it. I did it on D-Day. I, I am you. Tom Rice. <laughs> you are Tom Rice. <laughs> I Let did me it. tell you, 98 looks good on Thank you. Thank you. It's uh, oil of Olay. Okay. No, I <laughs> did it I because um, I had a day off. It was like a... I don't know, it was like the holidays or something. Mm. There was something where like I, for whatever reason, didn't have to be on the radio and I had a day off and my wife had to work. So Mm -hmm. I had like three or four days where I could do whatever I wanted, but Katie was working. So I was like, why don't I take a couple days to do stuff that I've always wanted to do Mm -hmm. that Katie would never do with me? And one of them that I had always wanted to do was jump out of an airplane. So I did it by myself. Well, of course, I was strapped to a man. Right. Because women can't do it themselves. Dismantle the patriarchy. Uh, Yeah. And I couldn't do it from as high as the men. No, I'm just kidding. So, but it was, I I could understand why people get addicted to it. Sorry. I'm like, hey, little lady. (laughs) Hey, 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 hey. Don't put that parachute on yourself. All right. We all know you can't steer. So you went and did it, though. I did. Yeah. And I was so. because when you're younger, I've always wanted to do this, even when I was like 18, 16 years old. And I was like, I don't want to be like strapped. I don't want to do it tandem. It's so lame. Like, I want to do it myself. And then being up in the plane and there's no door on the plane also. Horrifying. You are going up and you can literally fall out of the plane at any moment. There's no door and there's just like a little step. So once we got up high enough. Wait, the door's open the whole time yes, you're going up? The door's just open. I don't think I realize. Okay. So when you're taking off, you're like, wow, this is strange. And then once you get up to a certain height, I think that your thought of the depth depth perception like somehow goes away because we were so high that I stopped getting scared. Really? Like once we were taking off, I was like, ah. but then when we were up to like normal plane height, I was like, oh, we're fine. That see, I'd think I'd be soiling myself up there. Like, wow. well, speaking of no, I'm just kidding. So, but then when we were up there and it was like, all right, it's time. I was like, oh my god. And then I had to sit on the guy, I had to sit on the guy's lap, and he had to like strap me really close Go to his on. body. Yeah. And then I was thinking, you know what? It, if I was straight, this would be a great thing for me. But I don't care. But I was also very, very thankful that I was doing it in tandem with somebody who knew what they were doing. Right. Because I was like, the fact that it would be up to me to pull this cord or I die, that's not that's not going to yeah. work for me. Yeah, but good point. this guy, Tom Rice, probably doing it by himself and he's having a grand old time. I'm wondering how many people have met because you're my skydiving partner and then we fell in love. Or into the ground. What literally, are the other? We, fell, <laughs> we literally fell in love. I feel like I would go skydiving before I would ever go bungee jumping. Bungee jumping seems like See, way dangerous. That is not on my bucket list. I do <laughs> not want to go bungee jumping at any time. Uh, but we're going to talk next about what the slang word, bizarre slang words in other states. What does going outside mean? Apparently, you think you know what it means, and in Alaska, it means something completely different. Going outside. Okay. So That's... think about that, and there's going to be many more. An Alabama toothpick. What the hell is that? Find out next. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Allie, you're a pretty well-traveled young lady. 
<laughs> you think so? I'm at least hoping so for the sake of this story. Um, you've got another story that's about slang words from across the country. Yeah, well, there are a lot of bizarre slang words that most people wouldn't know, and so I thought we'd go. We can't. We don't have we time to go say through all bizarre. of them. They're bizarre to us because we don't. Well, know they're, they're bizarre according to this headline. Okay. The headline reads: "Bizarre slang words and phrases from every state." Okay. So this is SF Gate calling it bizarre. Don't wow, attack SF Gate. Me. How dare you? <laughs> so what do you think going outside means in Alaska? That's what I was trying to figure. I've thought about that since you said it the first time. Um, going outside, maybe that has something to do with the bathroom or something. Maybe it's like an outhouse reference. Oh, that's an interesting guess. Well, going outside Which to anyone else would mean leaving the house or going to an outdoor setting. In Alaska, it's what people say often jokingly when they refer to leaving the state of Alaska. Oh, it's so uh, okay. widely used that it's even been cited in a newspaper article, uh, in newspaper articles and other prominent places. Interesting. Okay. Okay. What else you got? Uh, let's see. I was I misspoke before. I said Alabama toothpick. It's Arkansas toothpick. So you're a liar. I'm a I'm liar. Yeah, okay. But what do you think an Arkansas, uh, an Arkansas oh, toothpick is? Um, the first thing that came to mind was like a guitar pick. Oh no! It's a giant knife. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> yes. It's uh, not something you would use to clean your teeth, or maybe you would oh if you're God. a crocodile Dundee. It's a thick, single-edged hunting dagger, also refer- referred to as a bow tie knife. And that's what they call an Arkansas toothpick. I would have never gotten even close to that. Okay. Here's California. Sig alert. We all know what that is. Yeah, Sig alert is when the weather's crazy. Or, well, yeah. no, when there's like um, bad air quality. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sig alert is when there's traffic. Sorry. Sig alert is when there's road closures. What is our air? What is our air quality alert that we have here? Bad. Sig <laughs> no, alert is bad traffic, right? Because they say that on the news every day. Um, but I'm trying to think. We have like a word for when we have bad air quality or something. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Okay. I don't. I'm, and then we also have the fire risk, which happens yeah. every day. Where does Sig uh, alert come from? Is what there's I was. There's a website called SigAlert.com. So oh. that if you're looking for like, ex- for example, yesterday when Donald Trump was in town. You can look on Sigler.com and it'll be like, there'll be a marker there. Right. But it's kind of sad that California's big, like, <laughs> slang word is just when, it, when there's an accident. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure we have some better slang than that. Yeah. All right. So, 14ers in Colorado. It's uh, universally recognized throughout the state, referring to any mountain peak that's more than 14,000 feet high. Oh. So, like, Pikes Peak or something is a 14er okay. because it's that amount of feet interesting altitude or okay. higher a couple more here uh illinois is do wop da bam <laughs> you made that up no i didn't what does it mean its roots are strictly in chicago the versatile phrase is used as a sentence filler often to express the concept of and so on and so forth or what is, yada 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 what is the word again woo wop da bam <laughs> and you know whatever woo wop da bam and then I'll give you Bobo and okay. bagging up. Okay, Bobo is from Florida. Okay. It's not a person that was in FloridaMan.com or anything like that. Right. Uh, it's a term used to mean bad, crazy, or weird. Someone was off their rocker, they were Bobo. Okay. And then finally, bagging up in Delaware, people say that they are cracking up. It means that they are bagging up. That oh. guy had me bagging up. I thought that was like for backing up. Um, okay, Emmy's saying that we... Oh, there's we a, a phone call. Oh, so we have a call. A little earlier, while we were talking about gender and race and pay gaps, and Putz is on the phone. What's up, man? So, like, me, I'm in a union. I'm in a carpenter's union. And, and with all the building trades unions, it's equal pay all the way around. So, like, whether you're black, white, Indian, female, male, if you're homosexual, everybody gets the same wage. You know, that's the, the best part about the union, you know? That's awesome. 
Yeah, it's, a, it's the beauty of unions. I, I think that's a, an anecdotal piece of evidence of like equal pay across the board. I think that's a an awesome thing where we need to see more of that uh, across all industries because that is definitely not the case in more places than not. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I understand that like not everybody wants to work with their hands, but you know, like the unions are starting to go away and it sucks, right? Oh, but I, inside uh, the union, everybody has the same. Like I was at the school and there's like a, a black homosexual woman, you know, and she could paid more than me because she has higher skill level. She's been trained a little bit more. You know, I haven't got to her level yet. It's great to see that they have all the women in the trade. You know, they'll take, I don't know about any transgender. I haven't met anyone like that, you know, but in terms of like homosexuals and then people of uh, color, I mean, as you want to say, like everybody's in. Everybody in, everybody gets paid a base pay and by what your skill level is. And everybody gets trained at the same time. You know, you're scheduled, you go to class, you pass some tests, you get a pay raise. I hate to be rambling here. No, no, that's really awesome. I really appreciate your feedback. It's also a foreign concept concept me to even get trained for your job. I mean, I, I don't think I've ever been <laughs> physically really trained I, for this. Yeah, not for this, no. Yeah, yeah. and it shows. My, I said, I hate six years. Six years of podcasting was like me getting ready for radio. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, we should unionize, Jarrett. We should. It's important. We're gonna uh, do it. We're gonna do it. Fat shaming. A lot of people have been talking about it lately. Bill Maher and uh, James Corden have been having at it over fat shaming. Whether it's effective. Should we be fat shaming fat shamers? All of that is coming up next. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. So, uh, Bill Maher has this thing he does on his show every Friday night. It's called New Ranting? Rules. Oh. Well, it's a rant. Yes, it's called New Rules. And every week he is like ranting about another thing that he thinks is important or is good or bad or whatever. It's often about millennials. And I've been starting to write a piece that's kind of uh, that I'm calling in defense of millennials because he's always like attacking millennials. And I, I, I hate it. And I've grown up watching Bill Maher for a long time. But uh, a week ago, a week and a half ago, he did a, a new rule about fat shaming. And he was basically saying that, you know, we need to be fat shaming people more um, because it's so bad for their health and, you know, we are dying at increasing rates because of fat shaming and all this different stuff. Um, and I think he had a a good point that was wrapped up in a lot of, like, really terrible language. Um, and this past week, James Corden, uh, who you may know from uh, CBS, he's got their late night show there. Is it, what is might it? know him from everything. He, I mean, really from everything. You might know point. him from any Oscar opening. Any, did he do, did he host the Oscars? It wasn't the actually? Oscars. It, it was the was Emmys? It the Emmys. I think it was the, Emmys. the Emmys. Oh, the Grammys. The Tonys. The Grammys. I the think Grammys he's done a Tonys. lot of them. The CBS shows. He's like yeah. got the egots of hosting. Yeah, um, <laughs> actually, almost. Um, and so he's. He did a he did a response like James is a is a big guy or whatever and he did this piece and this was the end of it I'd love for you to hear it all the time I am aware today that this is going to be a struggle that I will face for the rest of my life right but in the meantime Bill please hear me when I say this while you're encouraging people to think about what goes into their mouths just think a little harder about what comes out of yours so I (laughs) sorry so I um I watched this and I it resonated with me as a person who's like always battling with my weight like I am the heaviest I've ever been in my life and now mind you I'm not like morbidly obese by any stretch um but I I've dealt with my weight my entire life 
um, and always felt like I was fat and felt like, you know, I could do better and like I could do better with my diet and all this. And so I've always kind of had this in the back of my mind. And it's something I've talked about with my therapist and something I talk about with friends. Um, and so to hear James Corden put it in this way, like, first of all, shout out to him and the writers who did a really good job of like making it funny and relatable. Retort, and, yes. Um, and I, I appreciated that. But um, I know that you are someone who's lost a lot of weight and kept it off for a while. Um, what, what did you think about this? Well, I I mean, I, I don't think that fat shaming is ever a good thing. Uh, I know that there, I read some articles that were like, oh, you know what? I actually got fat shamed when I was a kid and it helped me be more uh, aware of what I put into my body and it made me work out more and like now I'm healthier than I've ever been. And, and now I feel I'm a personal about- trainer. Right. And I think that happens sometimes where people will go to the other end or the, the, the other extreme uh, because I think sometimes it is about having an eating disorder whether that's overeating or over exercising and restricting it's mm-hmm. about your relationship with food and your control over food whether it's in excess or the opposite yeah that being said i have been skinny shamed plenty of times and when i lost weight i felt i got shamed by people being like oh my god i hate you you're you're losing this weight or like oh you're wasting away what the hell or like oh you know people were it was an ongoing joke on uh, um up in san francisco that i wasn't going to be funny anymore because i lost weight oh i remember it was like that, yeah. oh bring back fat alley she was funny and and like that how did that feel though uh well i mean it sort of felt like well why am i doing all this hard work then because yeah. it seems like everyone's criticizing me for losing weight when i should have just if i had just stayed fat then nobody really would have said anything but did you feel like uh did you feel did you feel like people were rejecting the new version of yourself i think a little bit i think some people were thinking that there was something wrong mm-hmm. with me, that I was getting too addicted to exercising or that I was restricting my food and I was all of a sudden like unhealthy. Yeah. And just because I wanted to start taking care of myself and I wanted to, because I was like just, it was like year after year, things just were like creeping up on the scale. And yeah. I eventually reached a point where I was like, all right, you know what? I'm really going to do this. And I'm happy with my body now. But I do feel like when I was losing weight, especially when I was at my thinnest, people were like constantly drawing attention to it to the point where it kind of made me uncomfortable. I think the thing right now is like I, people always say, oh, have you been working out? And I'm like, nope, just fat. <laughs> and they'll be like, oh, um, and no, no. you." And it's like, no, that's it's it's just fat. Right. Um, and then people get uncomfortable and they're like, exactly hey, right. Anyway, <laughs> um, cheesy fries. Oh, wait, no, I didn't mean that about you just because you said the fat thing. I'm sorry. <laughs> Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Welcome back to Channel Q. I'm Jared Hill. That's Allie Johnson. She's looking at her screen, getting ready for another gay gay cray cray. These are tough because you have to change all the pronouns to make sure I don't give anything away. I had to literally copy and paste all of the article and like go through and change all the pronouns because it's hard to do on the fly. Well, there, are, yes, it is. Thank okay. you. It is hard. It's, and it's, I did not do the thing that you just said you did yesterday. Well, hey, there you go. There's a lot of details in this too, so I hope <laughs> I don't screw it up. All right, so it's time for gay gay cray cray. You know how it works by now, but if you're just tuning in, I'm going to reveal a story about a couple. I'll give you as many details as I can without revealing the names or the gender pronouns of who these people are. And then Jared has to guess whether they are gay gay or just plain old cray cray. (laughs) This story is a magical story of two people in love who traveled oceans to be together. Literally, they traveled 
two oceans and a hurricane to find each other and live happily ever after. So the story starts with somebody, the person number one, we'll call them uh, Bobo, <laughs> who is from Ivanovo, which is a city 250 kilometers east of Moscow. This person's Russian. Mm-hmm. I know Bobo is not a fitting name, but still. They uh, were growing up in, you know, Ivanovo, just hanging out. Then had some trouble with the parents, didn't really agree on things. Maybe it was just high school, college angst, who knows. But this person decided to take to the internet to meet meet somebody, and meet somebody they did. They met another person online who was in their 20s, and this person is Canadian. We'll call them A. <laughs> so they started We're, talking so this online. Is Bobo and A. Uh-huh. <laughs> So Bobo said, you know, A is great because they can do everything. They're a musician. They play the piano. They fly planes. They sail boats. They were just the this most incredible person who stunned me with what they could do. And of course, I pretty much instantly fell in love. So after six months of online courtship, they decided to meet in Kiev, Ukraine. The uh, Bobo decided to tell her parents, damn it, damn it. Ah. Ah. Bobo decided to tell her parents. So we know there's one girl involved. All right. I'll give you one. Gave you one gender. Okay. Uh, Tell her parents that she was leaving to go to the opera, but she secretly packed a small bag to make an escape. Oh. She then got in a boat, traveled across the entire ocean to Canada to be with A, and now they are living happily ever after. After six months... They've known each other for six months, so not a lot of time. Oh, so this doesn't go awry at the end. No. They're together. They're together. Oh, I thought you were going to say, and then, you know, Bobo got there, and A turned out to be a you know, <laughs> like a serial old, killer or something. Like an old yeah. man. <laughs> thought, Hi. Usually there's, like, something crazy that happens. Okay. No, okay. they're still together. Um, uh, and hold on. There's a little bit more to the story. Do I? Am I running out of time? I don't have any more time? Uh, there's, like, a minute and a half. There's we got a minute. a minute and a half. We got time. Okay. Emmy's been listening and giving me eyebrows like, oh, oh. So I'm like, Emmy, do you think you know? I have no idea. I'm going to be honest. I'm, I'm trying to figure. Okay. Because I'm thinking this feels like it could have some lesbian vibes to it. I mean. It could go both ways. It, it could. It definitely <laughs> oh, could. Oh, it could be bisexual. Well, I, I guess genders. Okay, go ahead, Allie. So crossing the Mediterranean Sea from east to west, surviving a hurricane in the Atlantic, uh, the, this person sailed without stopping to reach a safe haven for both of us and now they are both in Canada hanging out and I believe they plan on getting married and they have written a book they've written a book okay I'm gonna vote and I think these are lesbians okay that's your vote yeah is gay gay I think they're gay gay producer Emmy do you have a guess yeah I'm gonna go with the same gay gay you think you're gonna go with gay gay yeah Traveling oceans together after six months of meeting. You've never even met in person, and you say, no, I'm just going to go straight to running away from my family and braving a hurricane and two oceans in order to be with you in Canada. Which is kind of part of what I'm thinking. Turns out it was not catfishing. They were the real people. But were they gay-gay or were they cray-cray? We will find out after this. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right, I've made you wait long enough, Jarrett. 
I shared a story about a couple who met online. One of them traveled oceans, two oceans and a hurricane to be exact, to be with their lover that they met online. They traveled from Russia to Canada. You said that they were gay gay just because... The travel and the moving in of six six months months. of knowing each other. That sounds like some lesbos all day. And Emmy agreed, and you are both correct. Oh, Elena and Meg are gay, gay, and they look a lot like each other. (laughs) Oh no, they're you and Katie. Yes, they (laughs) look like sisters, but they uh, apparently uh, the one left because she had homophobic parents and she wanted to be with with Meg the Canadian. So she left, and they are living happily ever after. All right, well, good for them. Happy Canada. And speaking Um, of happy endings, speaking of a happy ending, yes, a few weeks ago we had a very dramatic segment where we jumped into the internet. We got a never-ending pasta pass from the Olive Garden and we decided to take it and give it to a woman who could really use it. She'll be here to tell us her story in four minutes. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right. I have been waiting for this for many weeks. I was waiting for the Endless Pasta Pass to go on sale. I was waiting once we got the Pasta Pass for it to arrive in the mail. It has arrived, and now Christine has arrived. And Christine is the person that we are giving and bestowing the Pasta Pass onto. Christine, thank you so much for taking the time to be here. Oh, no, thank you very much for having me here. I really appreciate it. And we we were introduced to you, when was this, Jared? Probably a couple months ago? Yeah, I would say two or three months ago, you Mm -hmm. sent us a letter. Yeah, you you sent us a letter into Channel Q, and let's just talk about what you wrote in that letter and and just a little bit about you and your story. Um, Well, I I was my dad's caregiver for a number of years. Um, You know, he was a a, a hardworking man and his health troubles kind of got the better of him so I had to step in and put my life on pause and um, me being trans and um, me being just focusing on him my life kind of went to the back burner but I was really happy to help him out and um, he was the only member of my family who really knew me I spent my life with him since he got me out of foster care I have a whole background of kind of family problems and troubles and he went into a lot of debt so with all the problems going on I did my best to kind of be there for him and um now that unfortunately he passed away recently I was kind of left at the mercy of my um extended family who definitely have you know their own issues and judgments so Um, About you being a trans woman. Yeah, trans woman. And also my mom, you know, she's Hispanic and my dad's side of the family was Caucasian. So there's I wasn't alive when all that was happening since them meeting each other was before I was born. But I guess they had bad blood. But so I'm dealing with kind of the mess and aftermath of that. And um, I had to rely on them. But in this case, they kind of told me, well, when your lease is up in the place that you and your dad were living at that's kind of the end for you just figure out your own life and by the way any damages or problems with the lease like you're responsible for that too and it was just kind of a big difficult mess but um oh so they were going to kick you out and yeah. make you liable for any damages in a yeah. house that six years that there. six years of living yeah. there well that's just lovely yeah and you hadn't been able to work because you're taking care of your dad yeah and and when you when someone goes into the hospital um and you're a caregiver through the state you know um you're not they're not at home for you to give care to so you don't get paid and when they pass away that's the end of the assignment with, with your job with them so how to get a new job new place to live and then 
rekindle relationships with my mom, you know, see if I can, you know, rely on her, work slowly working on that, trying to rely on friends about where to go to soon once the lease is up. So, so right now the lease um, is still in effect or when does it, when does it end? Okay. You have a week and a half left before you need to be out of that house. Do you have any leads as far as where you're going to go next? Like Uh, you said, you've been talking to some friends. Yeah. I mean, um, couch surfing was my like first hope you know and then see if my mom and I can kind of reconnect and if she's willing to take me in because um, I've been working on getting a job and I think that um, I'm, I got considered they said they're willing to give me the 90 day um, a retail job Just mm-hmm. I recently just got one so um, congratulations thank you yeah, yeah that's great that must be a relief it's it's nice it's a good start never been there before because I mean going from managing someone's life and being at home to you know running a register folding clothes kind of a different yeah, shift managing yeah, jeans yeah. is very different yeah so um, different for me but it's a good start and slowly I'll build from there but yeah my plan was friends see if I can reconnect with my mom and then um yeah, I mean, all all my dad's stuff I put in storage, the stuff I could sell, I sold, you know. So, so I, I kind of want to hang here for mm-hmm. a second, though, because you're on the radio right now yeah. and you're looking for a job. What kind of um, background do you have? What kind of job are you looking for? Oh, well, um, being my dad's caregiver, I managed his daily routine, his medications, his appointments, his transportation needs, took care of, you know, everyday normal stuff like, you know, washing, laundry. If you got a cramp, I'll massage it. You yeah, need yeah. to run an errand, go to the pharmacy. Oh, so, I mean, Southern California. I think there are plenty of openings for people who would like <laughs> yeah. you to do their laundry and manage their lives for them. <laughs> yeah. I'm so, so what kind of job are you looking for? If I, like a personal assistant or a secretary, receptionist, something like that, because I'm good with people and yeah, helping yeah. other people kind of manage their routines or their expectations, really. So hopefully um, someone in the Los Angeles area that might hear your hear your story might want to uh, reach out to you. Well, thank um, you so much. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That'd be great. And um, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, um, we're going to learn a little bit more about you, mm-hmm. and then we've got... Something to give you. We're going to learn a little bit more about what you're going to order at the Olive (laughs) Garden. Exactly. What we would be ordering at the Olive Garden. Um, All those things are coming up next. You're listening to Drop the Subject with Jared and Allie on the new Channel Q on your radio and radio.com. Drop the Subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right, Allie and Jarrett here with you on the new Channel Q, and we're here with Christine, our new best friend. She is uh, the person who is the the recipient of our Olive Garden never-ending pasta pass, which we worked very hard on getting. You know, the day that we did this, Christine, we had four computers in here. We were all in the digital waiting room trying to snag one of these things, and our mission from the beginning was to give it to someone in need, and you have fallen on some hard times like you explained a moment ago, you have a week and a half in your place before you uh, will essentially be homeless unless you find somewhere more permanent to live. And you have a lead on a job, but it's not really the field that you want to go in. No, not entirely. <laughs> and so you're going to be couch surfing. And then what do you need? Do you need help? Do you just want to stay with me? Can you stay with me? You can definitely say, like, stay with us. Like, what, do you, what, what else? Talk, talk to us about the things that you need. Uh, well, wouldn't everyone love to win the lotto, right? Or something? I mean, but, girl, tell uh, me about it. I mean, uh, to be honest, I don't. Well, the, first of all, thank you for fighting that war for me for the for the pasta basket. Oh, it's amazing. Hey, you know what? <laughs> it was the only war I really know how to fight. <laughs> thank you, but um, food wars. Yeah, I mean, for me, uh, I don't really have super grand aspirations. Just like a 
decent job and nice little room to live in and I'm, I'll be good from there because you know I've had it rough and tough from the beginning so mm. I'm not trying to hustle and make something extra out of it just trying to get by you know mm-hmm. yeah okay well um I'm 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 always curious about people's uh, coming out stories, but um, we have a couple of minutes. But mm-hmm. tell me about your your trans journey. Like, where did how did this begin for you? Oh yeah, well, um, since I was young, people kind of confused me. You know, they said they weren't really sure of my gender, and, and you know, a lot of when people just thought, oh, you're a girl, right? Mm-hmm. So I didn't really understand the separation of gender because I led a pretty isolated, sheltered life before I went into the system, you know, because my family, parents especially, were not a good match together, so all the kids got taken away, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. But when I ended up in the system, and particularly as a teenager later on in a group home in Hollywood, I met trans women there, you know, they were a little bit older than me, older teens, mm. and they kind of introduced me to others' options, you know, like if you feel kind of stuck in between, you know, your gender identity exploring that you got options and the they introduced me to the community here um the lgbt community of course and Mm -hmm. then i thought yeah i could do that that works for me because you know gave me more of a concrete idea of oh this is who i am what i can become what i want to be and more security in myself and you know knowing that i'm not the only one who's kind of thrown into this confusion sure, so, sure yeah and then because i was in the system my parents didn't really have much say you know because i was just doing it on my own yeah. you know at 14 15 figuring it out going to hospitals doctors therapists and so i found my way and when i reconnected with my family it was already like well this is who i am and my dad was accepting and my mom kind of thought it was alien but i made it through and thankfully my dad was really supportive so well, and I know some of that stuff can be very financially hard. Absolutely. To go to all those appointments and do all that stuff. Yeah, it's no joke. Yeah. yeah. Well, right, so we've got good news. I have we've got something nice. A little uh, box in front of me. I was so happy to get this in the mail. It arrived this week. It is the never-ending pasta pass. I am unveiling the box now. It's got Ta-da. your name on it. <laughs> Thank you. And it's got a little card in here that'll Aww. explain the rules. So My name and everything. <laughs> yes, it's got your name on it. It has to have your name on it. They're very uh they're they're, they're very strict, they're about, very it. strict yeah. about it being the person that it has their name on the card. So you must present your ID with mm-hmm. the card when you bring it in. Okay. When you are ready Ready to order, you just show your pasta pass, show your photo ID, then choose your pasta, your sauce, and your topping. And this oh, nice. starts officially on Monday. This is September 23rd through November 24th. So you're basically good up to Thanksgiving. Heck yeah. And you can pick a pasta. There's a lot to choose from here. You can pick between a, a, a fettuccine, spaghetti, rigatone. <laughs> uh, angel hair, cava toppy. Never heard of that. Cava toppy is awesome. It's got that cool, like shaped spark. Yeah, never mind. Is that Sorry. what it is? Go on. Gluten free <laughs> rotini. So if you're, are you gluten free? Do you have any dietary restrictions? I'm good. I, that's my figures, at least in my worries. Oh my right gosh! Now. If she said that she was gluten free, all of a sudden I would have been <laughs> yeah. devastated. But Olive Garden's thought of that. They have options now, Aww. and then you could also get the linguine. You yes. can get the. And then you pick a sauce. You got your creamy roasted garlic, your creamy mushroom. Are you slipping into an accent you, here? Your What's traditional matinata. <laughs> Your five cheese marinara, your traditional meat sauce, and your Alfredo. Then you add a topping, which can be garden veggies, meatballs, oh, Italian oh, sausage, man. crispy chicken frita, uh, oh, grilled goodness. chicken, and crispy shrimp frita. And 
on top of all that. Oh, my gosh. Endless soup or salad and breadsticks. <gasps> oh, my gosh. Very, very exciting. So this... Endless soup and salad. And I know there are a couple locations, a couple Olive Garden locations that are mm-hmm. relatively close to you, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did yeah. some research. We yeah. know there are two that are equidistant from your area. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. What do you think your first meal is going to be, Christine? Well... As much as they'll give me, right? I'll just stop <laughs> Right? Why not, right? What's your favorite pasta? Uh, I love Alfredo sauces and... Who oh, doesn't? Nice. Yeah, anything go. with that. So, yeah. All right. Well, Christine, so much it has again. been our pleasure to meet you and get to know more about you. Yep. Um, you have thank eight you. weeks of free pasta. There you go. I'll and be ordering new dresses. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thank and you. hey, invite us along. We'll pay our own way, of course. Yes, absolutely. Um, it's been a pleasure <laughs> to get to know you. And thank you so no. much for being willing to share your story with us. And thank you for listening. A lot of people you know out there really didn't give me a chance but you guys really came through for me so thank you so much I really appreciate it's it of course of course I mean channel Q too trying to give everybody a voice there we go yeah. alright um, we're going to take a quick break when we come back who are the most annoying phone users drop the subject we'll be right back the new channel Q Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Feeling all warm and fuzzy today after having Christine in studio to give her the endless pasta pass. It's always a good day when you're giving someone free carbs. I mean, what is there a better gift? <laughs> it's other not even the Monday Munch Report. I was say, eat, other, than just, other than just legit cash, I think carbs are about as good as, <laughs> as presents get. You know, If I had a really great job that paid in carbs... I'd be okay with it. <laughs> you know? Hated carbohydrates. Yeah. They're like, oh, it's uh, it's Thursday. You got your direct deposit of lasagna. <laughs> and a bag of rice. <laughs> How exciting. Because <laughs> it's bonus for the holidays. Oh, man. So I experienced something this weekend that made me think, wow, this person, this is not somebody I know very well, but I learned for myself that they are probably the most annoying phone user ever. Okay. But... I figured, hey, you know what? Why don't I not make this decision in my head right now? Why don't we bring it to the airwaves of Channel Q? Like, this is a really big choice to make. I need some support. Big choice, and it needs to be broken down. So, I thought that just talking about what the worst and most annoying phone users were would help us narrow down. And I bet you have a pick as well as to what the most annoying phone user is. Here are just. The moment you came up, came to me with this idea, you I said, thought, I know. I know exactly who the most annoying phone user is. So. And I don't think that we're going to have the same one, but well, you never know. As I just said, that I was like, wait, is she talking about a specific person or a kind of person? Well, it's both. Okay. This is somebody that I have been working with. Okay. And they they're do, they constantly do something really annoying. She's like, um, he's my co host on a radio show. He's right show. next to me, and you're being put on blast, Jared. No. Uh, well, Kevin, when I was on the air with him, he's a really annoying phone user because his phone is always dead, oh, and that's uh, that's, see, that's annoying too. That's yeah. an, what. So one of the ones on my my little short list that I created is the person who their phone looks like it is constantly in disarray. The the battery's always dead. The phone screen is cracked. Always cracked. It's always like, it, they always need a new phone. There's always a, a phone situation. Or they're like, if you call me, I can talk, but I can't hear you. So I'm just going to pick up the phone. and then Or like, it's always on speaker. It won't go off of speakerphone. There's like some weird 
problem with it. Okay, now I have a second one. Because okay. I know who my first one is, and now you just reminded me of a second. This is why. This yeah. is why we talk about it. So the people who put their who do not ever put their phone on vibrate, that was one I wrote down. <sighs> which I feel like at this point, if you're not putting your phone on silent or vibrate, yeah. what are you doing? Because we're all getting notifications all the time. It's funny. Since I've been on the radio every day, my phone is almost always on silent. Like, it's always on vibrate. Because you never want it to ring in the studio or if right. you're on television or whatever. Like, it, I'm always worried about my phone going off. It's hardly ever on ring. The only time I will listen to an actual phone ring is if it's accidentally going through my computer. Yes, which is so annoying. And it makes me think about, you know, they say that people who are... Uh, like in you know people that are like 10 12 years old right now they don't even know what a busy signal sounds like i don't uh, even think a lot of them are going to know what a phone ring sounds yeah, like either right. or a dial tone yeah dial yeah. tone and those are fun things sort of <laughs> uh okay people who are texting or using their phone while in transit i'm talking about walking i'm talking mm. about driving i was driving next to a guy who was literally had his phone right in front of his face and he was uh navigating i, I don't even know what he was doing i think he was sexting with somebody or facetiming but he was a hundred percent committed to being on the phone while he was driving. I had a phone call, like a, a phone meeting, and I was like walking down the sidewalk going to an appointment last week, and the person answered the phone right as I almost got hit by a car because I was looking down at my phone. And I try to right. make I try to make a real point to not be looking at my phone in the crosswalk, but like I did it in that moment, and I said to her as she answered the phone, I was like, I just had the most millennial moment ever. I was walking across the street and almost bumped into, almost got hit by a car. Yeah, I mean, you're answering one phone call or looking at one notification. You're boom. like, oh, you know, see, yeah, and then boom, you're done. It's I mean, you fall down a manhole or a person hole or whatever they're changing it um, to now. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. They're they're what are they maintenance holes? Maintenance hole. Now, yeah. yeah. So another one I this had on here was the <laughs> was the person who is on their phone while still pretending to be engaged. Oh, like if they if you're talking to them and they're like, yeah, totally. No, that's so frustrating. And they're looking at their phone and Instagram. navigating. Yeah, they're on their phone and doing something. And they're like, no, no, no I'm just multitasking. It's like, but you know, but you're but literally not you're listening. Also to me. not listening. My friend was complaining about her boyfriend the other day because he was massaging her. And then she looked behind and he was massaging her with one hand and scrolling on his phone with the other. And I she was him. like, what the hell? He's awful. Uh, break up with him. Break up with him, please. <laughs> uh, there are the over sharers people who are always sharing what's on their phone even though it has nothing to do with you yeah if yeah. it's a video or a text where you don't have any context to the text and they have to explain it all i i hate <laughs> i hate when someone wants to show you a video on their phone it's like that's usually never that good and it never loads and never every time they want to show you a video they're like okay circle. hold on wait wait okay hold on hold Ugh. on no hold on. it's really good okay hold on wait, the sound's not on but wait the worst part of it is when they start showing it to you and you realize the video's like seven minutes long <laughs> <laughs> you're like okay but you have to watch it to the end no you have to way. watch it to the end wait, 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 wait. Ah! drop the subject we'll be right back the new channel Q Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right, some responses coming in about what the most annoying phone user is, and I think the overall response is Samsung users. <laughs> Anyone who texts in green. <laughs> uh, I do have a friend who's in a group chat right now who has a Samsung, and everyone was like, this person liked this message, you know, because it, ma- it right, makes an entire separate message. Yeah. <laughs> and then someone was like, why can't I see it? Why is everything in green? And then the person's like, it's me. Okay, it's me. I'm the one with the Samsung. <laughs> I have that because my, my parents refuse to get iPhones. They, they're so hooked into Samsung and our group text 
with my mom and my stepdad is all in green and my group text with my dad and my stepmom is all in blue because all of us have iPhones. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, just modernize. Just please make it easy. So, okay. We're talking about the most annoying phone users and I now have two because I, I, I immediately had one when you brought this to me. But when you were talking, I remembered the other one that I hate. Okay. So one is a kind of person and another one is a specific person. <laughs> Go for the it. kind of person is the person who's in public on FaceTime with no headphones on. See, that I feel like is the new Nextel. Yes. Because the Nextel, if you remember, yes. was that stupid ass walkie talkie. And oh. people would be walking around and be like, Bip, hey, yeah, yeah, I'm on my way over. Bip, okay, like, when are you going to be leaving? Bip, I'm leaving at this time. Problem? I'm like, why do we all need to listen to your stupid conversation? You're I, not like oh. talking to aliens. You're just talking to somebody on the phone, and it's I don't need to hear it. So annoying. And now, and then when phones became more commonplace, people were talking on speakerphone a lot in public, where they were talking on the phone very loudly in public. Now I feel like there's a certain etiquette involved to it, but then FaceTime came out, and I think it screwed everything up. So I was getting on a bus. I, w- I was going. You were getting to- on a bus. I was getting on a on a bus to school because um, I'm four. I've I've learned that the thing with my br- that with my voice is about breathing. It's a whole other conversation. Um, so about that I'm not breathing correctly. properly. Yeah. Um, it has to do with earlier we we're talking about body image things. It's a whole thing. Oh. We'll talk about that on another show. So, um, but yeah, I was getting on a bus and this girl was on her FaceTime talking super loud, like before we got on. And I was like, oh, this is going to be an S show. Where were you? I was um, here in LA and I was getting on a bus. I was like taking a bus up to the Bay Area. So yeah, doing it in a small space where you can't get out of, that's when it frustrates me. Because if you're on a bus or in an elevator or in some situation where you can't get out and you're forced to sit there and listen to their conversations, and conversations, you eavesdropping used to be way more fun. Yeah, now, now it's have, just annoying as hell. Yes, now it's just annoying because you're so, like, oh, I'm going to eavesdrop. And then you're like, you're talking about nothing. You're talking about memes. The girl walks up to, she walks up to people standing in line. She is on just having like the loudest conversation and it's like a ratchet conversation too. Like <laughs> she's talking about who she hooked up with last night oh, no, and see, how that's he did interesting. This. Well, it was interesting for like the first thirty seconds and it was like, Shut up. Like then I get on to the bus and she is sitting right behind me. Oh and no. I was like, I or excuse me, right in front of me. I was like, I wanna jump out this out of the window. Yeah, it's like the movie Speed. So that <laughs> you you definitely want to get off the bus. You're like, right? where is Sandra Bullock? Save me. So that is the most annoying kind of phone user. The most annoying specific phone user that I know is one of my best friends. His name is Michael. Michael has a different kind of phone problem every time I talk to him. He lives on the East Coast, so we almost only talk on the phone. Like, we rarely see each other in person. He either his headphones aren't connecting to his phone or the case that he has on his iPhone is mm. blocking the microphone. The constant technical problems. Or it's switching between his headphones and the speaker phone and it's just like you are the most difficult person to talk on the damn phone but to. But that person is always the person who's like what I didn't move. Exactly. You're like I can't hear you anymore and you're like what I'm just sitting here. And then it's he's like, but I am. T- yeah but you're like I am too just sitting here. Why yeah. is it always you? It's only when I talk to you. He gets mad at me because we're on the phone and I I can't understand what he's saying. And I'm like, to be clear, I don't have this problem with anyone else. It's just you. Especially when it always cut out at the same part of the conversation. So that you can't hear. You're like, anyway, I went to the store and this clap, clap, Oh my God. I'm getting, I'm getting You're getting heated. You have feelings. (laughs) Getting really upset right now thinking about it. So here's mine now. Okay. And I, 
I understand that phone user can be annoying with the technical problems because my father-in-law has that where he's like, uh, he doesn't know how to download apps. He has an iPhone like four. I think it's worse when it's someone you don't even want to be talking to. Well, yeah, (laughs) definitely. But he's like, how do I download an app? And it was this whole rabbit hole of being like, okay, well, you can't even uh, you can't even update your iOS anymore because your phone's too old. So now you need to install iTunes onto your computer, but you don't have a Mac. So then now your computer's too old, so I can't even bring. uh, So it's like this whole thing. That's an annoying phone user in and of itself. But this is the phone user that really annoys me. I am working with this person who when I see them in person, is always on their phone. Always, whenever they have a second, they're always scrolling, they're always texting, they're always active on their phone. Right. Whenever I text this person, I hear nothing. (laughs) Nothing back. What are you doing? And I'm like, I know you see the message. I texted this person 72 hours ago. And I have seen them responding to other messages in other group texts. So obviously oh, they oh, are on better? their text line responding, what's but not to mine specifically. Is when you text them, they don't respond back to you, and then you see them tweeting from their iPhone. Yes! <laughs> or something like that. Or they're liking Sent on my Instagram. iPhone, and I'm you... like, that's the same one where you have a text message from me? Exactly. So that is the most <laughs> annoying to me, the person who's always on their phone but never responds. Yeah, that drives me insane. So thank you for really, really upsetting me at this yes, point. Yes, I'm sorry. It's time now, now that we're nice for, and heated. for me to have the headlines. Allie gets the votes. You get the news. News that or lose is coming up next right here on Drop the Subject. Drop the Subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the Subject presents... Lose it or lose it. All right, Allie, I have five headlines. Give me the bell. You've got five votes and a bell. Are you ready? Give me a bell. (laughs) Here we go. Number one. These states order the most pumpkin spice items. Ha! I wonder, I mean, I did a state one. That was quite a dramatic response. Ha! Ha! Exactly. Um, Okay. Women reveal the best compliments their partner ever gave them. Oh, I feel like this is going to get me in trouble. Or, you, or you'll come up with some good stuff. Okay, so yeah, it. this might help me at home. Um, okay. The U.S. Navy just confirmed these UFO videos are the real deal. I always love talking about UFOs. I know no one can see the video, but we're going to tweet it out and we're going to talk about it. There's an interesting reason that they're doing this, too, so that'll be fun. Um, the world's 10 coolest neighborhoods... Oh, uh, the world's ten coolest world. The whole world. Yeah, they're gonna be like weird cities I've never heard of. Lose it. Ooh, the shade. All right, it's gonna be like all the people in Sikenfergen. Sikenhagen. You're like, isn't that something at IKEA? I'm like, I'm never gonna move there. Okay, and then FYI, airplane water is far dirtier than you'd think. Oh. Yeah. Boom. Okay. We've got four headlines. Uh, all those things are coming up next in News It or Lose It. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. <laughs> You're still laughing. I was like quietly doing the robot in the corner during well, that Allie, song. And so <laughs> Allie's like, Allie will like sometimes in the studio like stretch in different ways, like her legs or arms or hands or whatever. 
And so she like turned away like and was like stretching her hands but like bopping back and forth. And I was like, are you like secretly dancing? And I was like, turning my doing? chair away from you as I did it, coincidentally, which I don't think I meant to do. Oh, it looked like she was like, I don't want anyone to know how much I love yeah, this song. That I'm just like, ding, ding, Oh, man. Ha, ha, okay. Ha, ha. Sorry, mm-hmm. Justin's waiting to hit this button. It's <laughs> it's I'm my eyes are wet like I'm crying. Um, News it or lose it. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> oh God. Uh. Drop the subject presents. <sighs> News it or lose it. All right. Um, I not gonna lie, still have a little bit of the giggles, but I'm gonna move on. Hey, you just roll with it. Just I roll love the with giggles. it. Um, okay, so first things first, we're going to talk about uh, the states that order the most pumpkin spice items. Can I guess? I was going to say, guess first. It's California. You think so? Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, I do. I think um, it's. I think it's. I think that New York's too cool to do this. It's going to definitely be on a coast, or it's going to be a place where there's a lot of white people, like New Jersey or Utah. Okay, so what are you committing to? <sighs> California. As for geography, it seems, this comes from a, a Huffington Post article, or excuse me, HuffPost, as I rebranded. As for geography, it seems West Coasters yes. love to get their pumpkin fixed. The five states with the most pumpkin orders are California, Oregon, Washington. I was right. As, as West Coast as you can get. Um, and also Ohio and Utah. I was right about Utah, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And Oregon's wide as hell. I mean, come on. Yeah. And so is Washington. And Utah and Ohio, I mean, pretty much. Yeah. I'd say that I've, most diverse is California, I but that's on the it's on the coast. I would say you basically knocked that one out of the park. I really did because everyone in California loves pumpkin spice, especially because no one cares about that crap in in the on the East Coast because they have seasons. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because we don't have as many seasons. I mean, I guess in Portland and in Washington they do, but still, like in California, we want to feel fall. Any other way we That's can. That's an interesting perspective. So yeah, and it, like, it makes us feel folly. Yeah, you're just like, I want to bundle up, but I can't really because yeah, it's yeah. still 75. Well, the folks at Grubhub also looked into which pumpkin and pumpkin spice dishes rose the most popularity in the last year, like from uh, fall 17 to fall 18. Um, any guesses on what those might be? Okay, well, the pumpkin spice latte started this all. It's right. The PSL. Mm. Not on the list. As rising? Yeah. Okay. Because it started. It's, I'm a, guess, it's probably stable. I'm going to guess a weird one like, I don't know, pumpkin spice saltines. N- no. Is it the pumpkin spice Trader Joe's chips that we ate earlier this week? Definitely not. Is it a pumpkin spice donut? Not one of them. They are pumpkin spice pancakes. Oh. Pumpkin pie milkshakes. <clears throat> pumpkin spice cheesecake. Pumpkin spice Pumpkin cupcakes. And pumpkin spice cookies. Okay, see, the cookies and the cupcakes I can get down with. I don't want a pumpkin spice pancake. Yeah, Am I, I crazy? I'm, that sounds stupid. I, I could maybe see that if the if the icing or, or syrup thing was right. It just seems like a weird thing. If it had, like, yeah, that, that cinnamony whipped cream yeah. kind of a thing going on. Yeah, I think that we pumpkin too often try to... Yeah, that sounds stupid. I, <laughs> I think that too often we try to put different flavors on pancakes to think it's going to make it even better. Like, we had in our house for a while for a long while, red velvet pancakes. Mm. And you're like, wow, that sounds so great. I should get that. And then you make them and you're like, these are dry and yeah. really not that great. Yeah. I. It's one of those things. It's like, oh, I love red velvet cake. That doesn't mean I need it in a pancake. Nope. Okay. So women reveal the best compliment their partner has ever given them. 
any any guesses because we're we're out of time on this segment, but I'm gonna see if you can guess any of them. I bet it's something like you know, people underestimate you. Oh, okay. Is that is that one that you like to give, Katie? I think it's one I like to receive and that I like to give. Like one that's more giving a person credit for who they are and what they do, okay. rather than like, oh, you're so hot and you look great in those pants. You know, I think it's important when women compliment each other. I guess this doesn't always include women complimenting each other. It could be men complimenting winning. Women. Right, but right. I guess complimenting, being complimented on my power or my like. On, on your capabilities. Yes, yeah, on yeah. my capabilities okay. as a human being. That's a, that's a good compliment to me. All right. We'll see if that's on the list. I can give you a guess. And that a I have hint. a thigh gap. It's like, you have thigh gap. You're so hot. You're like, oh my Your God. Your thigh gap is really underestimated. <laughs> oh, take me home. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Okay, so we were talking about the best compliment you feel like you get or give mm. with Katie. Tell me. Um, the one you talked about wasn't on here specifically, but it was good. Okay, I'm thanks. Really proud of you. Th- oh, thanks. Um, <laughs> so, okay, some of the best compliments that women say they get from their partner uh, is, is what we're talking about. The <laughs> the first one on the list: "You're beautiful, psoriasis and all." Oh God, that sounds like a backhanded compliment. Who wrote this article, dude? <laughs> no, it's someone named Kelsey. So I'm guessing a woman, but you never know. <laughs> I mean, um, I was going to guess man or Kelsey. Man or Kelsey, Or right. someone named Kelsey. Um, you inspire me to be the best partner I can be. This is all a line. This is all pre-written. I mean, this is something that someone said to someone. You inspire me to what? You, you inspire me to be the best partner I can be. That's, you, yeah. If someone said that to me, I'd be like, what do you need? La- <laughs> said, what do you- or they, uh, the, the running joke for me and my family is, what do you want and how much is it going to cost? Exactly. Um, I love the last one on the list. You've shown me a love I can now not live with. I can, wait, I messed this up. Sorry. You've shown me a love I now can't live without, which actually sounds kind of psycho. This sounds like a jacket copy description of a romance novel. <laughs> I mean, like- maybe. Possibly. And then Gertrude showed him the love that he had never known. Not Gertrude. Oh, yeah. All right. um, Justin says we have a phone call. Oh, yeah. Who is this? Oh, hi there. Hi, Allie. How are you? Uh, Hi. So Ginger Justin says this is Sarah in Berkeley. Sarah? Uh, Yes, this is Sarah. I'm sorry. I'm a little raspy today. I'm like, my voice is kind of, sorry. No, you're fine. I I remember you. Okay. Wow. You're singing already. (laughs) It's been 10 seconds. Uh, I'm I'm happy you called. I remember you uh, you used to listen to me up in the Bay Area. And last time I talked to you, I just wanted to ask you a quick question because we have to get back to News It or Lose It. When I talked to you last, you said you were going to go on a date with a woman. Did you ever do that? Um, well. Sounds like I know. Um, no, well, I mean, it's a little more complicated than that. Actually. All right. Well, then we need to talk about it another I mean, time because I, I need to unpack with a woman, but there are men there too. Oh, okay. All right. So, Sarah, I mean, will you call anyway. us tomorrow so we can talk about this? Uh, okay. Okay. Thank you. Uh, sure. Okay. <laughs> bye. Bye. Bye, Sarah. Okay. So, back into News It or Lose It. Yes. Shout out to Sarah. Thanks for giving us a call. And you can give us a call if you'd like as well. Uh, our phone number is 833-77-CALL-Q. Um, we'd love to hear from you also. Let us know if you if you want to chat. Yeah, anyway. I, I challenged Sarah to be bisexual. Oh. And she said she was going to go on a date with a woman. So well, There you go. Uh, that's what I want to hear about. Sounds like she had an even more interesting date than you set her up yeah. for. Okay. 
So, uh, airplane water. They're sa- they're saying in this new study that airplane water is actually disgusting. Like the water you wash your hands with, the water that they give you in coffee or tea, um, and they've ranked the airlines. Do you want to guess they've who has... They've ranked the rankness of the water? Yes. Do you want to guess who has the worst water? All right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna give you what they're what they're grading this on. It says uh, the scores of three or higher indicate relatively safe clean water. Um, the scores below that are pretty damn bad. Um, they're based on the presence of E. coli, coliform, oh, and coliform. And I don't even know what coliform is. You know what's great? Coliform rice. I was gonna say I love roasted coliform. <laughs> Um, but okay. What do you think? It's coliform crust pizza. Exactly. I th- I like it on I my mean, mashed potatoes. Like I just do like half mash, half coliform. <laughs> coliform, yeah. <laughs> I think um, I, none of those words that you said mean anything to me. So I'm just gonna go with the same guess okay. as I had okay. beforehand. Okay. I think uh, spirit number one. Spirit is the worst. Yep. Not surprising. Is so that is on the list. That's They're correct. The the worst, the worst on one. the list. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna do frontier and then wow. Um, neither one of them are on here because they don't have a high enough volume. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. Okay, then I'm going to go American Airlines. American is in the bottom half. Okay. What about Southwest? Southwest is actually above the fold. Above, what? yeah, yeah. Wow. I mean, they're still they're still under three, but they're they're in the middle of the list. The best water. Alaska, Alaska Airlines. Oh yeah. Why did you know that? Because they're the best airline. What makes them so good? Well, they have, I think, one of the lower percentages of late flights. They're all really nice people. They make jokes. They have cool... I know someone that works at Alaska. Purple. He's a great guy. Yeah, I know a, a woman who works at Alaska, and she loves it. I love JetBlue. Like, I fly JetBlue a lot. I'm JetBlue and Delta, like, the most. Um, so I'm kind of jarred that JetBlue is number two at the bottom. Like, oh, they are really? second to worst. And it probably makes you feel like it's good because the word blue's in it, and you just picture clear water, and you're like, there you yeah, go. there you go. Like, Alaska, I think about the glaciers, and I'm like, mm, their water's probably number, so good. Number three of the worst, United Airlines, See, and they are not cheap. I was going to say United's definitely on there, because United is one of those, it's like that really, really rich guy you know who's also a cheap ass and never picks up the tab. Yeah. Like, they are... The rich airline that cuts corners on everything. Bottom five, rounding out American Airlines and Delta. So there's that. Hmm. Um, which is devastating because JetBlue and Delta are my faves, are my favorite too. Oh, Delta. You're a Delta man. I lived in Atlanta for a long time. They're based there. It's a Delta city. So, you know, I like them. All right. Finally, we got to get to this one. Uh, really just want to touch on this. The U.S. Navy, this headline says, uh, just confirmed these UFO videos are the real deal. Apparently, they... <laughs> just a- Love it. Apparently, they're confirming some you know videos that have been kind of circulating about UFOs, primarily because they want people to feel more comfortable reporting them because they're starting to see you know various different things happening out in the cosmos and they don't know well really in our skies and they don't know exactly what they are but they want people to be reporting them more. So, well, I think it, that surprises me because it seems like people who report UFOs love reporting UFOs. Well, there's that. They're like, I saw another one, man. It's right out there by the crop circle, I swear. And you know what? He gave me a probe, and I was okay with it. But I also think the other reason that they are releasing this footage is to give people a little something so that they won't storm Area 51. <laughs> You're probably right. They're yeah. like, here, all right, here's a damn video of a f- an unidentified flying object. Are you happy? Well, Can you not... 
storm it, us now. It's also interesting. It says the objects seen in three different clips of declassified military footage are, quote, unidentified aerial phenomena, which would make them UAPs. Um, according to a Navy spokesperson, it says the clips released between December 2017 and March 2018 um, uh, appear to show fast moving oblong objects captured by advanced infrared sensors. Oblong. You know what? I bet the water quality on that oblong shape was amazing. Amazing. Impeccable. Impeccable. <laughs> Definitely better than spirit. I would fly what? on a UFO and drink their water before I would drink spirit water. Better than spirit is such a low bar. <laughs> like It is such a low bar. All right. We'll drop the subject. We'll be right back. We're better than spirit. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right. So, your president is Donald Trump, from what I'm told. Stop point. Stop looking at me. I I mean, is he not your president? No. <laughs> not my president. No, he's not. It's time for Trump Around. By the way, speaking of Trump, our Trump supporter friend Dave direct messaged us on Instagram and said, sad face, why you be hating on us Sam- Samsung users? Dave would be a Samsung user. <laughs> I mean... You would text him and it'd be green. Make America Samsung again. Uh, no. I don't know <laughs> no. No. <laughs> All right, so... Uh, there's this situation uh, that happens that's happened in our government, and uh, I'll break it down pretty simply. Basically, um, we have this these provisions within our government for whistleblowers, where if something egregious is happening, uh, you can go to an authority and say, like, I'm blowing the whistle on this. This is what's happening. Blah 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 blah. That is supposed to set into motion. You have to you know, say woo wop to do. Woo wop to do. Is that what it was? Well, I think that's I got what it right it in here. Um, woo wop to da bam. Sorry. Woo wop da bam. You don't want to get it wrong. Um, and in this instance, when uh, it's a, an intelligence or national security kind of situation, when when something like that is reported to the director of national intelligence, if they deem it credible, there's within seven days they're supposed to take it to uh, to Congress. Um, and that did not happen. Um, we talked about this the other day, and I, I crossed it with another whistleblower situation that was about Trump's tax returns. This is not about taxes. This is about um, we've now found out about a phone call where Donald Trump was on the phone with a foreign leader and made some sort of promise. Um, the headline, uh, the story in CNN says um a Washington Post reporter reported that an official in the American intelligence community was so bothered by a, quote, promise Trump made to a foreign leader that the official filed a formal whistleblower complaint with the inspector general of the intelligence community, um, citing two former U.S. officials familiar with the matter. CNN um, is is reporting on this other as well. So they overheard this this conversation and they heard, but we don't know what the promise is. We just know that there's blowing of the whistles. Exactly. Okay. Yes. Um, we don't know who the foreign leader was that he was speaking to. Um, but Kim Jong. I, well, I would, I'm thinking Putin. <clears throat> exactly. Um, and so the DNI, the director of national intelligence is supposed to turn this over to Congress within seven days. Um, but has not done that and said that it's privilege. It's potentially privilege, which makes you even more concerned about like before we knew it was president Trump on the phone, the word privilege kind of implies the president. Um, and wait, he said it's privilege. He said, because it's, it, it could be privileged. Um, and so, 
as this kind of spirals out of control, um, we are going to probably find out who this leader was, when th- what this promise was or something like that. But the fact that the DNI is not turning it over to Congress, first of all, is illegal. It's never happened in, our, in the history of our country before where a whistleblower has come to them with some kind of uh, allegation. Yeah, and they just throw the whistle out the window. And they're like, exactly. did it happen? No. It didn't happen. You're exactly. Like, what? But this is another instance where I'm like, this is where we're watching our government break down because this is a law for a reason, right? If someone blows the whistle on something that's happening, they need to be able to to come in and say this happened and something be done about it. But if you know that the president or some or any high ranking official is doing something they shouldn't be doing and you blow the whistle on that, like something should happen. Well, and one, some, one of the things just quickly, I'm reading that book, like I've told you, Sapiens and mm-hmm. talking a lot about societies and how they started and civilizations and when we decided to come up with different types of government and the rules that we put yeah. in place. But the reason that those like the empires have lasted like the the Roman Empire lasted as long as it did because everyone respected and trusted in the system yeah and we're and supposed when to be stop, trusting in this system right because we're coming up with these policies and these rules but when you stop and act, like you stop believing in them and people just go no 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 that's not what I want to do anymore that's when chaos when starts everything starts to fall apart right yeah. um, we gotta take a quick break we've got happy endings up next drop the subject we'll be right back the new channel Q Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Allie, it's about that time. No. I know you're... Don't say it. ...devastated. And, you, you can know, see it in my eyes. I also saw you secretly dancing in a corner, but that's not... <laughs> that was earlier. About. That was earlier. Um, Allie, I danced in confidence. Usually, usually we like to land this plane with a silver lining that we like to call happy endings. Mm. Um... Each one of us work really hard on happy endings on this show. We sure do, Jared. Um, we because like to, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was going to say we like you to off. you know to write them out, mm-hmm. um, to to really put some thought into them. And I felt good that I wrote mine today. I think you may have written one for yourself. Pretty sure I just drew a happy face on my piece of paper. <laughs> but yes, I will muddle through. Justin, did you um? Do you? Did you a- I see that you've got something scribbled on the right board. I always say that you have the serial killer slant in your handwriting. Um, <laughs> serial killer slant. <laughs> it's a will and grace thing. Um, it's always a will and grace thing. It's, it's always will and grace with you. It's usually will and grace living single or, you know. Go ahead, Justin. What's your happy uh, My happy ending is that we did a really great thing for Christine despite her not having an iPhone. <laughs> she's not an iPhone user. That's right. She's, she's not? A, she's a Samsung girl. I didn't know that. She is. Oh, okay. Well, she we is. have to get that back. Gonna... <laughs> we, have, we have to get the pasta pass back. Or we could get her an iPhone. One or the other. Uh, uh, I want my pasta pass. All right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. What's your happy ending since you wrote it so <clears throat> neatly down? You do not have a serial killer slant in your writing. You have a very nice whenever, handwriting. Whenever I write something like with a pen on paper, I always feel so old school. Like, oh, look at me. I love it. Like I'm writing with a quill pen or something okay millennials may care less about patriotism religion and family but damn it we get married later and stay together longer we have kids later when we're more prepared and we get more likes on our selfies than any of you baby boomer bitches whoa sorry i get really passionate i love how you have to go away from the microphone and go bitches baby boomer bitches all right you ready for my happy ending what you got it is a bummer that if you're flying Spirit Airlines, you're going to be drinking dirty, <laughs> disgusting plain water. That will probably make you sick, and you'll get some E. coli or some coliflorum. That's the word. But the joke's on them, because I have a flight 
pretty soon. I'm going to Minnesota. And my happy ending is that I got my ticket on Flint Airlines. Oh. Too soon? Too soon? Oh, boo. I tried to cross the line. You know, I try to be edgy. Uh, You're very Dave Chappelle in that way. (laughs) You're you're Allie Chappell. I'm Allie Chappelle. You're I think that's, uh, yeah, I, don't, I think there's a lot wrong with that statement. Yeah. Even more wrong than my takeaway. Allie Chappell? Allie Chappelle? Oh, I was saying Chappell just to make it a little different. Oh. <laughs> You're not even. That didn't land either. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, it's fine. All right. Well, on that note. <laughs> on that note. Um, Ginger Justin, did you, you did yours already? Okay, I have. See, I have short-term memory. He was loss. texting. All that's right. what this was. Uh, well, we have an, another show tomorrow. We have a clean slate. We just start over, which is really exciting. We actually had a really good show today. If we you really are did. just tuning in, or you haven't been listening for the last four hours, um, we've had a lot of really, really dope stuff up on the show today. Yeah, so don't judge us based on this. Yeah, if, if this is why you're tuning in, wow, you really missed out. That's um, another great airline. We t- <laughs> what? Wow, yikes. Wow, uh, we made it. We talked about Chelsea Handler's documentary um, on white privilege and what we thought about that. We talked about the fat shaming convo. We talked about the most annoying cell phone users in the world. Yes. Um, and, and Christine was here. We gave gave her the never-ending pasta pass. We gave someone eight weeks of free pasta today. And she told her a really awesome story. And, yes, she did. Um, all that. And we had an awesome... <laughs> Gay, gay, cray, cray. Oh, that, yes. That went awry. I won't give away what it was, but... Um, we won't give it away, away. But we will tell you to download the podcast if you missed anything, which absolutely. is at Drop the Subject, wherever you find your podcast. And you can continue to follow the show at DTS Show on Twitter and Instagram. We've got a picture up with us with Christine giving her the pasta pass right now. And I will tweet out... Um, what was I going to tweet out? Oh, the list of the rest of the bizarre slang words from different states. Because oh, Because we yes. didn't get to go through all those. Bobo and... Go- Bobo and Bop Doo I don't know. I don't think that was I can't it. remember any of them. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye. On the next. On the next. Drop the subject. On the next show, it's time for the gayest news headlines of the week. Don't want to spoil anything, but there may or may not be a headline about an explosion at a semen factory. You heard that right. Plus, we'll go over the 10 highest paid jobs in America. Is one of them radio? I'm going to say that's a hard no. Damn, I knew I should have taken the job at the semen factory. Drop the subject. 12 to 2 Pacific, 3 to 5 Eastern. On the new Channel Q.